fairly hard to study on the family without having a night spent on addressing how to raise godly children. And I, I'm aware that most of y'all's children are grown. Some of y'all's grandchildren are grown, I imagine. Maybe somebody will hear this, though, and it'll, it'll help them. Sure. We do have a few young people here tonight. Raising godly children. Now, I say that intentionally. You can raise children, but that's not the goal. The goal is to raise godly children. Amen. There's a difference in that. Amen. And let's begin by understanding and getting our hearts and our minds right with what children are. Psalms 127.3. Children are a heritage from the Lord and offspring a reward from Him. Yes. They are not something that you've earned, but they are a gift from the, the Lord himself. Amen. And we Amen. need to establish that as a thankful attitude, especially for our children, that we are thankful for them. Now, it's rough at times. I know y'all may be too old to remember some of that, and maybe a little long ago, but that's rough sometimes, I'll tell you. But they're not a burden. They're not a problem. Amen. They are God's greatest blessing on this earth. Amen. And we need to get our attitudes right about that I see a lot of griping, angry, complaining mothers yes. that are just upset, I guess, that they've got them or they've yeah. got to deal with them. And then you see uninvolved fathers who just withdraw from the situation. Yeah. And if they're a Christian, they really ought to be ashamed of themselves. Amen. 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 right now if yeah. that's your attitude toward your children. Something's wrong with your heart. Yeah. The second thing, and I, let's notice this, children are a heritage from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. They are his property. They've been placed in our care, yes. but they're not ours. We did not get them here. There's a miracle in every baby that's Amen. born. It's miraculous. Amen. And, and you, you can't keep them here. You can't keep them breathing. No. You talk about people I talk about sleeping like a baby. Yeah. You watch a little newborn sleep, it'll scare you to death. Uh -huh. They don't breathe right. It's terrifying. <laughs> And there's times where you, when you first figure that out, you're up and down looking at them for five minutes. Yeah. And you need to come to the realization there's nothing I can do about it anyways. Right. This is in the hand of the Almighty God. Amen. And, and that's really the truth. But, and in so many ways, we are absolutely powerless. But they are our responsibility, and we're responsible for them. The Lord has given them to us for their welfare physically, yes. for their training to provide for them, to take care of them. But in the spiritual sense, they're also ours. Yeah, that man. we are to take that responsibility to spiritually train them and expose them to the Lord very, very seriously. Amen. And I put this about Enoch in here, and I don't think I'm taking too much liberty, but I've often wondered about the wording of this. And we know Enoch walked with the Lord and was not, for the Lord took him. Right. Look how the 21st verse of Genesis 5 is worded here. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he yeah. begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. None of the rest of this, those generations are worded like that right. in that whole book. Right. It is very possible that Enoch lived a careless life. By the time Enoch was born, there were millions of people on earth. Four generations later, Enoch's great-grandson Noah, there was eight righteous people. Yep. He possibly could have been living the way of the world, but he had a child in the home. Yeah. And it straightened up his life. Amen. I tell you something. If a kid, if a baby at your house does not straighten you up yeah. and change your life, yes. there's nothing I can do for you, folks. You're beyond my head. Amen. Amen. I think that's what happened to him. 
It changed him. It woke him up. And he saw this great responsibility to raise this child. And Methuselah uh, was the grandfather of Noah. Obviously, he had some faith about him too. So he must have raised a godly child. Amen. Me like. Now, we're responsible to provide for their needs. Now, I've done quoted Timothy uh, 5, 8 the other night. But if any man provide not for his own, especially those of his own house, but hath denied, he hath denied the faith yep. and is worse than an infidel. Now, Amen. that's pretty simple. If you won't get up and work and take care of your wife, kids, and family, yeah. you're about a sorry individual. Amen. As far as the scripture is concerned about it. We're responsible that they know the Lord. Look at Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Yes. Your first priority is to give them the chance to be saved. Yes. Man. We've got people that spend an untold amount of money and time to make them a star athlete, and that's all they worship is athletics. It's their God. Yep. We've got people that get them around here that try to get them into the Ivy League or the best schools to make them a scholar, to expose them to this stuff. We've got people that, that try to make them some sort of talented trade or skill, right. and that is what they're serving. Yeah. But as a parent, your number one job is to get them in the presence of the Lord. Amen. They might be saved. Now listen, I'm as anti-Calvinist as anybody could possibly be. Amen. They are born totally depraved. I understand that. Yes. I'll walk with you on that one. Yeah. But it is their choice whether they are saved or not. Amen. You can do all you can possibly do. They can hear the gospel a million times. But it is still on them to accept the terms of the gospel. Amen. Amen. And just because they don't does not necessarily mean you failed them. That's right. Amen. Right. Some folks, some folks, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Some, some kids are just hard-hearted. Yep. Some kids are different. Some people are going to reject the gospel. And I think they make up their mind at an early age. Yep. They don't want none of it. Yep. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. Yes. But it does not mean you failed. Amen. But if you've done all you can to get them exposed to the gospel, that is your responsibility. Yes. The Lord never told you to save them. Nope. He just told you to bring them up that way. Amen. Right. We talked the other night about Genesis uh, chapter 2 where he says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. You're also yeah. to make them independent. Yeah. You're not to do everything for them. You're not to baby them. You're not to make them helpless. But you are to train them yeah. to be a functional Productive member of society yes. that can make it without you. Yes. Amen. And that's, that's, that is the goal, is to be able to do that. I believe now, that. Training children, raising a godly child, they are born to a fallen race yep. with a lost nature. We believe that they are born in a totally depraved condition. I, I wrote down Psalms 22 here, 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction shall drive it from. Now, foolishness is ta talking about play and games and laughter in the Old Testament. Now, that's, that is important. It yeah. is important for children to play. It's precious that children play and laugh and, and enjoy life. Yeah. But in the Old Testament, the word fool or foolish implies a moral faith. Yes. So what it's saying here is that in the heart of the child, there is a moral problem and a moral failing down inside of them. You know why that is, don't you? Because they got it from you. Yep. Because you've got a moral faith. That's right. That you got from your parents. That they got from their parents. That all the way back 
because we're born to a fallen race of yes. Adam yes. and we have a sin problem at our very heart. Yes. We have a desire for sin. We have a capacity for sin. We like to sin as a, sin, as a fleshly being. Yes. And that has got to be trained out of them. Yes. Amen. We've got to train them to avoid the paths of unrighteousness right. and to follow the ways of truth Amen. and the ways of righteousness. Now, they're not little monsters. They're precious gifts. But they do have that in their heart. Yes. Just like you do. Just like everybody yep. does. And it says, the Proverbs 29, 15 here warns us that the rod of reproof gives wisdom, but the child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. If you don't train them, if you don't discipline them, if you don't lead them away from that, they're headed toward destruction. Oh, amen. Physically and spiritually. Headed toward destruction. Now, and I, I, I know y'all know this, but let's look at raising godly children. What do we do? We start early. We start while they're young and bendable. Look at Proverbs 19, 18 here. Chasten thy son while there is hope. Yeah. And let not thy soul spare for his crime. The child here simply means somebody that's below a teenager. Yeah. There is a time where training and discipline is too late. Right. When the child has got hard-hearted, when the child has formed a habit, what could have been so easy has just pretty much almost become impossible. Yep. If you wait till a child is 13 years old before you ever try to discipline that child, you're out of luck. Amen. Too late. There's a time when they're bendable. I've got, a, I've got a cherry tree at the house, and it's put off the limb going this way, and I really want that thing to go straight. If I go out there this winter and I put a stake, and I move it tight, my tree will be straight. Yeah. But if I try to do that next year or two more years, I'll break it yep. or it'll never straighten. It Children are the same way. Train yeah. them while they're bendable, while they're yeah. easy to guide before it becomes too hard to do. They can learn, and I think you mentioned this, Brother Justin, so at some point, they can learn everything yeah. right now. Yeah. They are so smart and so attentive. Their capacity to learn and to remember far exceeds mine and yours even at our that they can do it so what we have to do is we have to step back and tell them and explain to them the truth and why things are going that way yeah i'm not a fan of this raising children because i said so right that that is authoritarian that's lazy yeah and that really don't teach them much except mindless obedience that's right now there's times where i don't have time to explain it there's times where I can't explain it because it's too complicated. Yeah. But generally, when the child asks why, they're not being rebellious. They want to know why. Yeah. So I why can we not step back and say, this is what the Word of God says. Yeah, this this is why we do this. Yeah. This is why we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Because they can learn yeah. simple life truths from just very, very, very small and young ages. And that's the way to do it. You establish those principles early. Early. That's why Sunday school is so important. Amen. That's why it cannot be overestimated the power of getting your children to Sunday school every Sunday morning so they yeah. can learn the truths of Amen. God's Word that they can remember the rest Amen. of their lives. Because they can learn it then a lot quicker than they can learn it when they're older. Amen. Yeah, and I've not seen every child by any stretch of the imagination. Amen. But I've never seen one that you had to demand, that demanded that God was real. They didn't want proof of it. They have that childlike faith that Jesus talked pretty highly about, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. That, why does that happen like that? Well, that's the way God made it. Yeah. Okay. 
And they go on. They don't say, well, prove it to me. They don't have skepticism no. like we have when we're older. The young age yeah. is where you tell them the truths of God and confirm the existence of the Almighty. And they'll believe it. Amen. A lot easier than they believe it when they get hard-hearted. Mm. Now, let me give you some other ones here. And I have found these three next ones to be extremely accurate and extremely relevant. Years ago, when I first started working, I taught seventh grade. And I was very, very good at teaching seventh grade. Probably better, I'm a lot better than I am now, just to tell you the truth about it. But these three, the first thing you gotta do is you've got to control. Yep. You've got to establish discipline. And there's three ways that will work every single time for every single group I've ever seen yep. that are biblical principles. First of all, you must be consistent. Yes. Lazy parents will say no today, yeah. yes tomorrow. Uh -huh. Consequences today, no consequences tomorrow. Yeah. Punish you one day, not punish you tomorrow. Yep. That's terrible. Yes, it that is. is absolutely right. indescribably harmful to your child. Right. The mixed messages that sends knows no end. They don't know what to expect. It's a moving target. Would not work. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Yeah. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train. Didn't say show. Didn't say teach. It says train. Right. That means this training now, that's an ongoing methodical approach. That's the same today as it was yesterday, as it will be tomorrow. Amen. What I say no and is wrong today will be wrong tomorrow, will be wrong the next day. What I say will happen to you today, will happen to you tomorrow, will happen to you the next day. It is consistent. That is the only way you can accurately ever enforce any kind of discipline training is you must be consistent with it. Yep. Be consistent with your words. One of these days I'm going to lay hands on somebody. <laughs> if you do that, I'm going to spank you. Yeah. And they'll say it 50 times. And I ain't oh, never yeah. seen a kid get a spanking yet. If mm. you say it, do it. Yeah. Don't make a threat that you're not willing to keep. That's right. Now, we was on an airplane the other day. Yeah. Couldn't get out, couldn't do nothing. <laughs> Catherine wasn't being real good. But you know what I didn't do? Yeah. I didn't say I'm going to spank you no. because I really couldn't follow through with that threat on that airplane. <laughs> Don't back yourself in a corner. Right. Make a threat you can't keep. Right. You be able and willing to keep anything you say you're going to do. There you go. Amen. Mm -hmm. Be clear with your expectation. And let me say that. There are some situations that it would make worse. I'll go here. Mm. Kid making a little bit of noise in the back of the church, not being wonderful. You know, making it not too bad, making noise. I'm yeah! It made it worse. It made it worse. What are you doing? You're trying. You're trying to solve yeah. a problem. Yeah. Making the problem. Use a little bit of good sense yeah. sometimes, people. That wouldn't hurt nothing. Expectations. Yeah. Be clear with what and how you're supposed to act. Yeah. Tell them about it beforehand. Give them warning. Hey, yeah. give them warning. Don't just whack them. If you do that, I'm going to spank you. Yeah. Tell them what's going to happen. Yeah. Then try to get them out of there and take care of the problem. Y'all may like screaming kids better than I do, but yeah. I don't when I'm trying to. Yeah. Be realistic. Be realistic. Yeah. I've sat through church services for an hour and 15 minutes and I wanted to get up and kick something. Yeah. Amen. 
And we expect a little two-year-old to sit back there and be perfectly still and not move for an hour and 15 minutes of stuff they don't even understand. That's ridiculous, folks. Set realistic expectations. And yeah. don't, we're going to talk about provoking them to wrath in a minute. Don't provoke them to wrath by being ridiculous. Be mindful of the differences in children. Every child is different. When it says train up a child in the way he should go, that literally in the Hebrew says the way he's bent. That every child has a little bit different bend or twist to them. That there are some kids that are soft and tender. And you can look at them and they'll just look at them mean. And they'll do whatever you ask them to do. Mm -hmm. There are some kids that I think you could spank them every day. Twice a day. And they wouldn't do it anyways. They're just hard. But don't do a top down Approach that every child is treated the same way. Discipline them toward the difference. Right. The listen to me. The goal is training. The goal is not is not to punish. The goal is to prevent that and prevent the negative behavior from happening. And I'll discuss spanking. I do it very very little just to tell you the truth about it. Now it's very effective if it's done correctly, but if it's not necessary. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Don't start with the most forceful, heavy-handed approach you can make to discipline a child. Start small and work your way up. And the one-size-fits-all is not going to find it. But I guarantee right. you there's something. And I, I, I've seen students that I, you, you literally could have paddled them every day and it wouldn't have touched them. But you could make them sit there in silence and it was the worst thing you could do to them. Man. Find what that child doesn't like. And there's your consequence. Yep. And be willing to enforce it. Enforce the consequences. Yes. Establish them. And let me say, that's an important principle for the rest of their life. If you disobey the rules, you will suffer. Yep. Is that not what, and, and you warn them about it. Is that not what the Lord said? Yes. The way of the transgressor is hard. Amen. The ways of unrighteousness lead to death. That's true in the spiritual sense. If you don't get saved, there's consequences for that lifestyle. If you don't follow the rules of the law, there's consequences for that lifestyle. Amen. That we need, they, and I really think you're establishing a spiritual lesson right? mm -hmm. that misbehavior leads to consequences. And I think that spiritual lesson makes it lots easier to visualize that the wages of sin is death. I really think yes. it's all built in together that we can learn spiritual lessons from it. Communicate the consequence. I've done told you that. Find something they don't like and enforce it. Yeah. Enforce it. Now listen. Enforce it well. Enforce it well. I told you I, I do very little spanking now of Catherine because I've done it and I've done it well enough. Mm -hmm. And she knows that's a legitimate threat and I don't right. have to anymore. Once the consequence becomes real, the consequence may not be needed anymore. Because the presence and the knowledge that the consequences there will make a difference in their behavior. Again, that's the goal. Consequences are not anger. Consequences are not feedback, or not, excuse me, not payback, but they're a learning tool that these rules will be enforced and you must follow the rules. Yep. Amen. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. You don't have to fight. Every single thing. I hope we realize that. 
Children are messy. Children are mischievous. Children are rambunctious. They'll test your limits. But don't try to make them perfect little right. porcelain yeah. dolls yeah. that sit there and do nothing right. according to your or somebody else's opinion or enforced standards. Right. But be realistic. And I tell you, that's harmful. Yeah, to is. suppress them all the time. Right. That will eventually lead to rebellion and defiance and destruction. Sure. Uh, so there's a difference in discipline and just absolutely being ridiculous right. about things. And I'll say this too. And those of us with young children say this. We really don't need your unsolicited advice. <laughs> and all the young parents, young, parents, young children said amen, Brother yeah. Justin. Now, if amen. we ask for it, that's different. Yeah. But if my special needs daughter's having a meltdown, yeah. I don't need you to come by and tell me how to handle that situation. Right. Right. Because you don't know the bend of that child. That's right. Amen. Right. Just keep That's it right. to yourself. Yeah. Pray for us. Yes. If you want to help us, pray for us. Amen. Now, mom and dad, let's go back to the home again. That that then things will work everywhere, by the way. Everywhere I've ever seen them work with children. But you must present a united front. Yep. You can't have mom and dad sending different messages. And then little rascal will do it. Mom will tell them no, and they'll go ask daddy the same question just to see what daddy tells you. And, you know, if you know what mom said, you sure don't want to contradict that another way around either. But you don't want one, I, I don't think, I don't think one needs to be the disciplinarian and the other one the, the hugger and the lover. Amen. I think y'all really need to share those responsibilities because you're going to set one up against the other. Uh, both share, both be the bad guy when it's called for, both be the good guy when it's called for, and share that responsibility. Does, I mean, think about this. I'm going to tell your mommy on you or tell your daddy on you. Take care of the problem yourself, mommy right. or daddy. That's, and, and it'll be, that's, that's pretty weak, Brother Justin. Yeah. That's not working out good. Right. I do want to look at just a minute the verse out of Ephesians 6 because there's a wrong way of parenting. Yep. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, yep. but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Provoke not to wrath. Yep. You can, and, and some of these will go back to what I just said. You can provoke them to wrath. You can make your children, I don't know the word angry, but frustrated right. and confused by being inconsistent. Right. They can't please you with a moving target every single day. They can't please you if you're unclear. They can't please you if you emotionally respond and get mad instead of disciplining them correctly. So being inconsistent. You wouldn't think you have to say this, but I think it exists. Don't be unfair. Right. Don't punish this kid more than that kid. Or this kid for something that kid did. Right. And, and, and people ain't got good sense. And I've seen people do that before. But that's, that's terrible. Don't be vindictive. Ven uh, vengeance is not the goal. No. Punishment really is not the goal. Consequences and boundaries and be better behavior is the goal. And I thought I typed this verse in here. You have James 1.20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Amen. If I'm disciplining and enforcing my consequences out of anger, there's no righteousness, there's no benefit, there's no help for that. I'm not doing any good whatsoever. And don't be a hypocrite about it. Don't say one thing and do the next. Jesus hates hypocrisy. Of all the sins Christ hated, hypocrisy is at the top of the list. And kids hate hypocrisy, and kids see that. And what does that mean? That means don't say a cuss word, brother, right. and then he starts cussing. 
People do that. Don't act like that. Don't talk about so-and-so. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Whatever. And you, but mom and dad's going to do it. That ain't going to work. That's right. hypocrisy. That's going to provoke right. wrath somewhere down the road. Like I said, I know y'all know all that. But maybe somebody needed that tonight. God bless you, preacher. Amen. Well, I love you, brother.